Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Metal. We have some special guests on the show. We're going to talk to uh, a member of the band Midnight and as co-host Joe Backed. How are you, Joe? Great, Mark. Who are we talking to? Who are we talking to today? You uh, you interviewed somebody from this really great sounding band or project. Uh, I don't know what what they're right. Yeah. Well, it's. Primarily the project of a band member, his name is Athenar, and he's out of Cleveland, Ohio, and he's had the band Midnight since around 2004, Okay, and there's quite a few albums out there, and it there's quite a substantial following. He plays uh, one-off gigs all over the world. Uh, he, he gets two other band members to join him on stage when he plays live. There's YouTube. He's got a good, there's a good YouTube channel with some uh, great live footage of the band. But the reason I really like him, it's, uh, you know, he's a younger guy. Well, younger than us. Um, and he, uh, you know, it, he, he has a quite an extensive collection of heavy metal that uh, 
you and I can relate to. And he incorporates a lot of that into his music and you can really hear it. It sounds like you can hear cool. throwbacks to um, Old Venom, uh, the first Bathory album, and a lot of other different sounds that are, you know, make up the fabric of heavy metal. Nice, nice. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we listen to some of his music and we'll we'll hear the interview and then uh, you and I can come back and, and chat a little bit. I know we both were down at the, uh, the expo, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that, the Kiss Expo. But let's, uh, let's do this uh, right now. What, what should we play to get into the interview? There's a song called Melting Brain, and it comes in just under two minutes, but it kicks ass. Very cool. We'll check that out, and then we'll hear Joe's interview with Athenar from Midnight here on Talking Metal. This is Joe Becht from uh, Talking Metal, Talking Rock. And with me, I have the honor of speaking with Athenar from Midnight, a uh, thrash heavy metal band from Cleveland, Ohio, correct? You are correct. All right. Uh, the new, I just want to start off I, the new album, CD, download, whatever you call it nowadays, Sweet, Sweet Death and Ecstasy, is just phenomenal. Uh, especially. Songs like Melting Brain, Rabid, Bitch Mongrel. Um, Melting Brain <laughs> it comes in a little under two minutes, but it's just it's just great. It, you, you have every single guitar effect that I love in heavy metal in that song. And uh, <laughs> so I just want, I wanted to go into that because it's, it's, it's just a great, great listen. Um, can you give us a little background on the band? On the, on the band? Well, it's actually... Not even a band. I don't know if, um, it's basically just me. Well, it is me. Just, so, I mean, it it was, it was set up to not be a band. I was in bands before that and it was just, you know, it got to be a drag to be in bands, you know, being married to three, four other dudes with very differing, uh, opinions about how things in life should go. Okay. So, yeah, I was just like, okay, well, fuck it. I'll just, um, try a hand at, at uh, making songs I want to hear and recording them myself. 
Great. So, so you play? Do you play every instrument on the album? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That that's phenomenal. So I mean, you're you're a virtuoso bassist, guitar player, and you play drums. <laughs> I don't know about virtuoso. I think that's a very uh, that's that that's uh, that's getting a lot of credit. Uh, I, I, I would say I'm a I'm a decent hack at all of the instruments. But, I would have uh, to say you're more than decent. Um, <laughs> I, I, I what, what this reminds me of is uh, when I picked up that first Bathory album or the first Venom album. It get, it throws me back to that time that that joy I received when I listened to those, and well, yet cool. I believe the musicianship is better on this, and that's why I use the term virtuoso because. I really like the uh, the playing on it. There, there's some real good chops. There's some great chops on this album. Well, cool, man. Thanks. I, yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, I don't know what, what your age is, but um, you know, I, you know, it sounds like we're we're pretty much coming from the same kind of uh, same kind of uh, time uh, period there. And um, but you know, like those guys too. I mean, you know, like you know, like Corthon and, and Venom when when they recorded those first albums, those you know, like the first Bathory, I mean, what he was sixteen, seventeen when he recorded that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kronos was let's see, I think he was nineteen or twenty in nineteen eighty three. So if you go back two years, so he was seventeen, eighteen when they recorded Welcome to Hell. So, but here I am, you know, when I recorded the, the Sweet Death Next to you, I'm, you know, that was over a year now. So I was 42, 43 years of age, an old fucking man compared to those people. <laughs> Come on now. So, now. Now you're younger than I am. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I just turned 44 a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I got you by nine it, years. But, oh, you got nine years on me. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so you you've seen some good shit. You know, you've heard some good shit, and oh, yeah. and you can you can you know you can tell the uh, the uh, I don't know the I don't know what the hell from the 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 uh, shit from the the genuine shit from just the uh, the Johnny Come Lately type of things. So, right, and and I know I'm going to get back in. I know there's a YouTube video of your uh, extensive collection, which brought back a lot of memories for me but i want to go back to how did midnight start i know you this is this is not your first recording how did it start you know, give a little background and then i want to go I, you do play all the instruments on the albums but you do have a very good touring band because i've seen some live footage you guys so yeah yeah so yeah. if you can go back to where midnight started and then go from there well but what started uh, the, the first record came out in um october 2003 and uh, it, like I said, that was the reason for it was, okay, I just wanted to hear some music that I wanted to hear. And it was just a, um, an excuse to to do something, you know, like to, to have a, get whatever it is I needed to get out, but just do it by myself and, and, and record it myself. Well, I didn't actually do the recording myself, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, all I know how to do is press, play and record on a cassette deck. I don't know how to do a, the engineering of shit like that, but it, it, that's what, that's the way it started off. And that's the way it is okay. essentially now, same, so now, same kind of, uh, um, thought process, all that kind of shit. It's just, it's just, it's just me r recording songs that I want to hear. Right. Now do you go, are you going into a studio? Um, 
uh, studio per se. <laughs> it's not really. It's it's like uh, you know people that I know that have recording gear. Yeah, I mean, because it uh, sounds... It's not necessarily like, um, you know, like I'm walking into, uh, you know, like a big building with, you know, right. all the, the the necessary, you know, like the glass uh, vocal booths and whatnot. You know, it's, a, it's someone's basement with recording gear. But it sounds great. It's not it's not that brick-walled shit, and it, it just... I, I, I can't say enough about the recording on the new album. So whatever you well, do... Well, yeah, and that's, and that's what yeah. it is, too. I mean, it's like, I don't... I, I use... I use the same gear that I've had forever and, you know, and probably the same gear, like, you know, of bands like what we were just talking about there too. You know, it's, all the gear I use is from the seventies. It's, you know, Gibson SGs, Marshall amps, you know, it's not like I'm running in there with a mess of boogie with a pre rectifier module indicators or, you know, right. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's drums. It's not sampled drums. You know, so many of so many bands nowadays that are, Still, even consider consider themselves old school thrash metal. Just still use sampled drums, and yeah. um, this this is just drums with microphones in front of them. You know, recorded in a room. It's 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 nothing. There's no uh, brain surgery about it. You know, it's it's uh, pretty simple. Yeah, and and that's that's I probably the reason why I love it. Um, so now, the how long has the mid has midnight been around? How how long was that? So when did Midnight start? Two thousand three. That was okay. the first. That was the first. Uh, first record came out in October two thousand three. Okay. And how? And now, Sweet Death and Ecstasy is what is what number released for the for Midnight? It, well, it, technically, I guess it would be the third full length. Okay. But there was records worth of material before that, as far you know, like. A five-song EP here, a, a six-song EP there, a, a, you know, like a seven-inch here, a comp track there, and that's all compiled on a on a, a record, a double LP uh, from from Hell's Headbangers, also called Complete and Total Hell. So if you if you you know there's there's that's a double record there, and then there's three full lengths. So technically there's probably like five full-length records. Yeah. But. Um, you know, like I said, all the early material was just little uh, little dog kisses, what I like to call them. You know, okay. just a little squirt here, squirt there. And um, so, you know, just compiled them on, uh, uh, you know, a double album set. Now, there's great live footage of of Midnight online. Now, who's your, who do you get for your touring band? There's dudes that live um, right around here in the Cleveland area. Um, they're they're a, um, just really fucking good musicians, really almost too good to be in this band, <laughs> you know, they're, and, um, sometimes I just, you know, I have to slop them up a little bit, you know, bring them down to, bring them down to my level. So they're, so they're slumming for sure. Yeah. But they put but, on a um, great show. I, I've watched, um, I, I watched uh, footage from your last tour. You were on a, uh, package tour, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. decibel tour yeah, with obituary and creator. Right. It just it's it's so much fun to watch. It's everything I loved when I first got into hard rock and metal. Even even like you know even you know and I I hate the whole. We're gonna get into your collection because it 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 rivals mine. But the whole label, I I hate labeling music. I just like stuff that rocks, and it seems like That's right. And you guys encompass everything I love in, in that footage. Even even like it has that feel of the uh, Sex Pistols. 
when they first came out. And, uh, and I mentioned bands like Venom and, and Bathory, but it even, you know, you, you can hear some kiss in there. It, it's just really, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's great stuff. So well, that's, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a thing about it. It's like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just like what you're talking about, what it sounds like you're the same way, man. It's like, you know, what's, what's wrong with liking UFO? What's wrong with like the Ramones? What's wrong with liking all those bands? You know, why do you have to just be uh, a band that, that like, Oh, we're, we're uh, so genre specific. We're ambient black metal with paganistic violins or whatever the fuck kind of lame ass, um, uh, you know, sub, sub, sub genre there, there is, it's, it's just why, why label yourself? Um, so right. it's, it's what it is. I mean, I, I play music and it kind of, you know, it comes out rough and uh, it comes out the way it comes out, but I, I don't, that's, that's, I can't help that. So however people want to label it, if they feel the need to go ahead. But, um, yeah, man. I, it, as far as live shows, what you were talking about too, the same thing. It's like, you know, I just don't want to go up there and, and um, sit in the corner and, and and look at my shoes. Or, or with that being said too, there's no need to go up there and, and talk in a death metal voice and go, "What the fuck is up, people?" You know, right, and, yeah. and that's that's just as much of a fucking joke anyway, too. You know, and right. so pretending you're some tough guy uh so you go up there and you do whatever your gut tells you to do and so, uh usually you know you're playing this type of music you know some it, it does get you pumped up you know your 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 heart is going your blood's going and so go with it so with your touring bands are, are they different members every time you go out or are you, you looking for the same guys or uh no it's more well the the these guys this guitar player has, has been playing um with with me since uh December 2012 okay. and then the drummer's been um let's see his first gig was in uh, March of uh 2014 now, so that's been the have, same lineup since then do they have names i know you're Athenar. Did, did you name do you name your touring band no yeah secret steel is the drummer okay. and uh vanic is the guitar player okay no, well, well done. Yeah. Now, it, as far as the, it's pretty interesting because you know in this day and age, it's obviously tough to make money um, unless you're a huge band touring, or you have you know you fit certain genres like Black Country Communion, who I love, will only play in England because they don't have a market here apparently in the United States. So for you to go out all the time and play gigs, how is it economically uh, viable for you to do that? Well, well, we don't really, to, to, to be honest with you, we don't really do too many gigs. Um, that that tour that we did, uh, you know, earlier in 2017 or spring of 17, that was the most extensive tour we've ever done. And okay. that was 24 shows. Yeah. So before that, but we've played all over the world, um, just, you know, flying out for the week. I mean, we've played Dubai, we've played New Zealand, Australia, Japan. Uh, Europe several times, uh, you know, mostly like festivals and shit like that. Because I just, I'm a, you know, I'm a basement dweller. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't really like uh, a lot of uh, what goes on outside in the world. So I, you know, I feel comfortable hanging out at home. No, especially but, especially um, now. I'm sure it's 
same temperature as here. It's you know it, it was eleven eleven minus eleven today. So I'm, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. Um, but so is it? It's economically viable for you to do that. Well, it economically it it works out okay because okay. it's only three of us. Yeah, and um, you know we all have jobs. You know we're not like uh, oh no I understand. But I, I want to so make sure, not, yeah, it, it, it's a business, and I want to make sure you're going out and making money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're, we're, you know, as far as touring, we don't, we don't go out, we don't, we don't do it enough to where we have to survive on it. So okay. you go out there, you do some gigs, you make a couple bucks, and that's about what it is, you know. And then you come home, you you work your job, you pay your bills with your with that money, and you know it all works out. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, I play music because I because I. Um, because I have to, to get it out of my system, you know, whether I get paid or not, that's another thing, but it's not like, uh, what am I going to do for my profession? I'm going to play guitar. No, I, I, I can't do that. Well, maybe I could, but I just wouldn't, um, it would, it would feel different. You know, like once you start getting, using something as your job, then you feel like, oh man, I have to push out another t-shirt design. Oh, I have to push out a fucking hoodie design. Oh, okay. I have yeah, to get yeah. out, you know, and you have to worry about the bullshit stuff. About it. I don't want to worry about the bullshit stuff. No, I, I want to worry about, um, <clears throat> making music and that's about it. Right. You know, that I actually have a, so. I have a friend here in Chicago. His name's Carlo Basili and he played metal when we were in high school, but now he's one of the, he's like the, one of the top flamenco guitar players in the world and he has a Grammy, but he still has to work a regular job to make ends meet, even though he tours the world and plays, uh, you know, here all over in Chicago, he still has to do it, but he, but he has the love of the music and the talent. So I fully yeah. understand. Yeah. What about mm-hmm. the, what about the sales of the recordings? Um, is I, I, do you do okay on that? I'm just fascinated by the business aspect, especially nowadays. Well, I hate, I mean, I hate I, the fact that people are giving okay away uh, you know, this this type of music, it's uh, people still want to buy the buy the actual record or the CD. You know, I think for now at least, who knows who knows what it'll be um, in a couple of years. But I think uh, most uh, metalheads and you know rockers and stuff have a somewhat of a collector's mentality, and they like to have a record, and they like to have the best sound quality they can, you know, because, you know, when you, when you download, sh- I mean, I don't, I don't, well, I just, it was hard enough just to get this interview going. You know, I, I, I just have a flip phone and a, I'm, I don't listen to shit on the computer. I listen to records. I, I, uh, I'm several years behind the times, I guess, in technology. But um, I think for the most part, people still want to buy the record and want to buy the CD and, get the best sound quality on it, you know. Um, well, I got it off uh, of iTunes, and I I do listen it off my phone, but it still sounds great. And, you know, I, I, I like the physical aspect of it, but I also like having my entire collection in the palm of my hand in my car, that's, which is cool. Yeah, that's yeah. something, too. Yeah, yeah. That is, there's something it, to it, that. You know? It sounds great on the uh, download as well. So well, okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, going into there's a video of you a tour of your house, your your record collection. Man, I get I, I kick myself because I had all that vinyl and I got rid of it. I still have the CDs, but some of that vinyl you pulled out, just great stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like the that's just, that's just a little bit Stafford. of it too. I mean, that's that's he just you know I just picked out some random shit. You know, I didn't even yeah. pick out any like top gems. But, but. all that comes across 
in your recording, especially the latest one, uh, Sweet Death and Ecstasy. Um, I, am I correct? All your all your metal influences, whether it's from the early Def Leppard to the Batteries, to that's all coming out in in these recordings, correct? In some shape or form or the other, yeah. I mean, whether it's the uh, the uh, bass drum hi hat work of Rick Allen coming through over over the top of a, a of a pick slide that would come from Bathory or something, yeah. It's any any kind of like minuscule detail is gonna poke its head through somewhere you know right uh it, it, it just soaks it soaks in you and then it's it's been in there for so long i mean you listen to this shit since you're nine ten years old so 30 35 years of stuff being ingrained in you it's gonna come out somewhere whether you uh you know it goes in your body and it stirs around with your own bullshit that you have in there and then it'll poke out somewhere right but yeah yeah Again, we have uh, right now joining us is uh, Athenar from Midnight out of Cleveland. The new album is called Sweet Death and Ecstasy. What's the best way for people to uh, obtain this phenomenal recording? Well, I, I guess uh, the best way, you know, as always, is just go to your local record store and demand it. Uh-huh. Okay. But, um, um, if if that's not a possibility for you, or if if you, if you don't like leaving the house like myself, you just if you just go to uh, Hell's Headbangers uh, website, which I which I believe is hellsheadbangers.com, and uh, they should have it in there and have the mailman deliver it to you. All right, very good. And you also have very good. Uh, there's a very good fan page on Facebook that lists everything about the band um, that can contact you as well. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So back to the, the back to Sweet Death and Ecstasy. Those three songs. I mean, it, it Crushed by Demons in Prenatal ex, uh, Penetrate Ecstasy, but man, Melting Brain Rabbit and Bitch Mongrel right off the. Those three just hit me right in the face, and I love it. And <laughs> <laughs> Melting Brain, I'm telling you, for it comes under two minutes, and there's everything cool about the guitar that I like in there. You do pick slides, you do pulls, everything. It's so friggin' awesome. I, I just love it. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I'm I'm glad, man. It it, it it's really um, it's still really good. It's 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 kind of unbelievable to me when when people say they like stuff because you know I, I still don't see myself as a musician or or um, oh you're a musician or a, re, or a real yeah. band. You know, it's just like well, I'm I'm just like uh, still the 11 year old kid. But you know, I'm just doing this little art project on the side. You know? Well, you know what you know what angers me is that other 11 year old to 15 to 20 year old kids aren't listening to this stuff because this is what they should be listening to. Damn, just, I would, I would, yeah. I would hope. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would. It, because it's fun. It's brutal. It's it takes out your aggressions in a in a positive way. Um, you know, people would always. You know, I, I I listen to metal and, and rock and punk and everything, and, and I would feel relaxed and calm after listening to that. I, would, I wouldn't want to go out and fight, you know? It, no, it, it's, what, yeah. what the hell's the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it gets your anger out. It's great. It's a great outlet, and, and this is a perfect example of it. Now, uh, what, is, what, what about live gigs this year? Do you have anything announced? Um, yeah, we'll probably do a, uh, well, the, the, the only ones that are announced is like there's a, uh, Columbus show and, okay. um, and when's that? And then we're going to, we're going to go out to the West coast, uh, in May 
uh, with another band um, from Virginia called Bat and uh, do some gigs out. You know, probably like five shows up and down the West Coast, and then there's a festival in Vancouver. So well, how did they come about? So you have fans in Canada that will book you, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, man, all over. I mean, there's. It's just. I mean, we've. Especially in 2013, 2014, like for the past year or two, I haven't really, I've been really um, uh, not into touring at all. But um, but before that, I mean, yeah, we would just, yeah, you just, I would just get emails and, and say, hey, do you want to play this festival? Hey, do you want to do this? And, you know, it's pretty, um, pretty, pretty simple. You know, so like I said, I don't, I don't deal with any managers and booking agents and all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, too many, too it many fingers great. in the pie. And it sounds yeah. like it's really organic. You put out a product and people enjoy it and contact you and it's just going from there. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, wow. that's exactly. I mean, there's no, there's no real, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people, I'm probably not the only person that does this and I, you know, I'm, I know I'm not the most unique person in the world, but it's just, <clears throat> I don't really, um, uh, what do you want to say? Kind of like, I could probably do a lot better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as uh, a business aspect of things, you know, if, if there if there was somebody that that's you know was uh, you know like so you know looking for gigs and doing this and pushing and promoting and getting on uh, serious radio and doing this and that, um, yeah, I could probably do a lot better, but. I'm really not that comfortable with that. You know, that's not my thing. And even interviews, I've only started really doing interviews this very, very minimally. And, um, phone interviews are cool. You know, I, I don't mind. I like bullshitting with people, but a lot of times it's like, um, um, the internet interviews, like where you're typing things and right. it's just, um, I, you know, it's, uh, it's a little tough sometimes. Well, the YouTube, and, uh, the YouTube one's pretty cool, where the, uh, that young woman comes into your house and you, visits your record collection, and everything, and I, I yeah, that, that, yeah, that was fun because it was kind of yeah. unique, you know, you know, and I know the people, so uh, they're just, you know, they're from my area, so it wasn't like I was just inviting complete strangers into the house, and uh, but yeah, that was something unique, and I thought it was kind of fun. So that's then that's another thing. I just want to make things do things a little slightly different you know and, and just don't follow the same okay you have to do this you have to do that you know it's like no you don't you don't have to do shit yeah yeah no that's cool um have you heard of the uh, chicago open air festival here in chicago yeah. yeah i i man you guys would be a perfect fit for the mayhem stage i would love to see you there i'm gonna i'm gonna contact them just to see if they would be willing to get you there if you want to do that. But I, I went last year. It's a phenomenal experience. Um, it's a great, there was a, well, last year it was with kiss and Negadeth and anthrax. Yeah. yeah so the first day when it was, uh, yeah, right. It was anthrax, Megadeth, Rob zombie kiss, bam. But the third day, I didn't, I skipped the second gate. They had, they had corn and a few other bands, but the third, the, the third day was just as good. And, and Slayer, headline the mayhem stage and it was great and then right after that ozzy p- played the main stage so hmm. uh but they yeah they, they i mean they, they kick off things like at 12 o'clock i could see you guys definitely on the mayhem stage and, and being a big hit so well, do, do it up man we'll play it yeah. i love chicago all right cool yeah and I, I i'm a big fan of cleveland outside of the uh that that awful institution you have there that 
bills itself as a rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. I thought you talking about the Browns. Well, that's that too. Yeah, the Browns are bad too. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other. <laughs> someone made a uh, someone someone made a comment. Does Baltimore need a second team? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, no, that was that's pretty bad. And he, once again, it's it's uh, Athenar from Midnight, uh, Cleveland-based thrash heavy metal band. Athenar, thanks for joining us on Talking Metal. Any yeah, once it. again, I want to know how how did they get a hold of you? How did they uh, purchase the album and all that good stuff? Well, yeah, I think like I said, a local record store would be the best. But if not, then just go on the, the infra web there and, and uh, go to hellsheadbangers.com. Hell, hell, yeah. Hellsheadbanger.com. Also check Hellsheadbangers. Yeah, yep, that's the record label. Mm-hmm. Right. And also check out the Facebook page. It has all the links in there. Athenar, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, man. All right.
little satanic royalty by midnight off the 2011 album. Thanks for that interview, Joe. What what album? 2011. What was the name of that album? It was called. It, it's the same same title, Satanic Royalty. Oh, I also want to mention okay. um, on yeah. Reddit. There's going to be a Q and A with Athenar and Midnight on the in the metal section on Reddit, and that is going to be on February sixth, Tuesday, February sixth, at seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific. So. Any fans or new fans, if you heard this, the, the, the interview and the songs, if you want to talk to Athenar, you can go on Reddit and he will be on there. Okay. Hopefully, uh, I'll get this up before the sixth. What's today? The first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll rush it up. I mean, you know, I've been unemployed, so what's, which is bad, but what is good. And I guess uh, is that I'm, man, I'm doing so many interviews. I just have this, this backlog of, of interviews. So what I'm going to try to do is just, uh, get as many of these out to you guys as possible and keep the all the episodes rather simple which means less editing for me but we have we have so much stuff coming up i got i got scott uh reader from caius todd kearns from slash's band um jason mcmasters of dangerous toys fame mike lapond of symphony x uh, Alan Tecchio of uh, of of Hades and, and nonfiction. Uh, what else? Bob Nelbandian, who has a new documentary out called Inside uh, Metal. I think it's like the the L.A. Thrash Years or something. The epic, uh, iconic manager of Guns N' Roses, Dave Goldstein. I mean, wow, he managed them during the height of their career. John Leon of White Wizard. So all this stuff is coming your way shortly on Talking Metal. Joe, you and I just got back from uh, from the Kiss Expo, and, and one of the reasons that all these interviews are even backing up more is I wanted to put out all the all the Kiss Expo stuff, and uh, which another interview, by the way, I forgot to mention, Ron Keel will also be uh, on an upcoming episode. So, uh, Joe. Um, you wrote a review of the of the Kiss uh, Expo, the Atlanta yes. Kiss Expo, which is up on TalkingRock.net in the review section. And I'll I'll be honest, I, I had you pull back a little stuff out of it because I, I just I didn't uh, I didn't want to offend anybody because one thing I noticed is I can be a lot more uh, open on the podcast because it's a more private setting. It's a downloadable file. People, it's going directly into people's ears instead of some blog post. So you kept it real positive in that review yes. you wrote for me, which which was awesome because it was I, honestly a very positive event. But you you had a few things or maybe it's only a couple things that that maybe bothered you about the uh about the kiss expo and since i've been spending a lot of time talking about how great the atlanta kiss expo was what were your what were your major let, let's look at the negative which you know i don't always like to do but what were some of your your complaints about the kiss atlanta the atlanta kiss expo with vinnie vincent you know in hindsight i really don't have any complaints uh it, about the expo. And that's primarily because I didn't encounter any of the long lines or anything. My only uh, beef was with a few of the people I interacted with on the 
on the side of the with the dealers and and a few other people. It was it was a personal thing. Right. So uh, what happened? Uh, we'll cut right to the chase. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> you know, Eddie Trunk's a guy I'm friends with. I think he's a good guy. He, he lives near me. We've worked together. He a big fan of his work for for decades now. But but was he was he kind of rude when you when you met him? What happened? Yeah, you know, so I, yeah, I went up to him and just said I, I really enjoyed his interview with uh, Tonka. Uh, Paul Chapman from UFO, and I didn't get that much of a warm response from him. And then I mentioned something else. Like, I know a guy who has a podcast out in L.A., and he wants to do a UFO episode with him. So the conversation wasn't very pleasant. That being said, he was probably uh, really under a lot of stress because he was setting up for the Vinnie Vincent interview. Right, so right. I'll cut him some slack there. And then there, there are a few other guys I interacted with, but if, by and large, I, I thought it was a great experience. Now talking and there's, believe me, there's like a load of Vinnie Vincent kiss expo reviews out there, um, you know, on, out in the podcast land. But my experience was for the most part, great. It was great sitting with you, talking with you, uh, talking with John Ostrowski, uh, Ron Keel was awesome. Bob Kulik was awesome. Uh, a lot of most of the dealers were, um, and, but there, I, I talked to people like I, I knew a guy who had the, the, um, number 60 in the autograph, the VIP line on Friday. And he waited, he, the majority of his experience for the whole weekend was waiting in line. And I didn't, uh, the I didn't lines were insane. I mean, they, they yeah, stretched the lines around the hotel. Ins- right. Exactly. So I didn't experience that. And, and, Quite honestly, if I had to experience that, I would have bailed because I like Vinnie Vincent and it was a momentous occasion, but I wasn't going to wait in line for five, six hours to see the guy. That being said, I am great. I am really happy I saw him. I thought the Q&A was awesome. He was incredibly gracious and kind, answered every single question that was put forth to him, whether you agree with his answers or not. He did not. Uh, he did not duck any questions. It seemed like he was going to duck the question on the box set, but no, he returned to it and talked about it in length. A lot of people aren't happy with his answer, but he 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 addressed the question and and uh, answered it. Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. It was a f- really fun event, and uh, I I you know next time I, I need to be more prepared for it. It was kind of a whirlwind getting down there and, and I hadn't really planned things out, but I, I still, I still feel like we got back with a bunch of great content that's up on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash talking metal or well, the in the video kind section. Of took you for a ride too. They, I mean, what? It what? Yeah. In your defense, the hotel kind of took you and Emily for a ride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't even tell that story. We yeah. got there and we went to check in and they were like, oh, you know, and I had a reservation for months, you know, at this hotel. And they're like, oh, we don't have a room for you. We're overbooked. So they sent us uh, they, they sent us across the street to what actually was a nicer hotel. But still, it was across the street. And it was, you know, kind of a, a pain in the butt when you're hauling a bunch of equipment and stuff. Uh, they, they, and they, they comped the, some of the, the cost for us, which was also nice. But still, it was, I would have honestly rather just paid and been in, in the, the same hotel. Because then we moved the second... I'm trying to think. Everything's... Uh, yeah, we moved the second night into the, yeah. uh, 
the hotel. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I will say in Eddie Trunk's defense, it was he was it was a mob scene. He definitely was under pressure with that uh, doing a remote serious show. Uh, serious radio show and and you know i i get it i i've had i've had people say oh you know your co-host on talking metal that guy's a jerk john ostrowski and yet i've had many other people say oh he's the nicest guy in the world you know the truth is he's probably somewhere in between both of those things you know but 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 it all it all depends when you catch somebody you know and and when when john's out working with ace and and everyone's trying to you know get ace's attention and talk to ace and ace just needs to get to the the uh the sound check you know sometimes he'll snap at people and or put them in their place or simply ignore them and people take that the wrong way so i do understand uh the that that when you're under pressure sure to do something it can uh, affect um affect your your attitude uh towards people um but but yeah it was a great event and i i am very curious to what the future holds for vinnie vincent if anything what if you had to make a prediction do you think we will now see vinnie vincent start to uh you know reappear in the public will he will he make new music will he end up reforming the vinnie vincent invasion will he end up back in kiss tell me your predictions and then i'll tell you mine on the future of vinnie vincent well derek christopher who organized the event already has announced he's having a nashville event but there has not been a date that's set and also gene simmons has said he's invited vinnie to his vault so taking that into perspective, I would think after this experience, Vinny's going to be at the vault and he's also going to be at this next Kiss Expo. Other than that, I don't see, I mean, I, I don't know where, you know, where he's at. Um, you know, the acoustic performance that he put on, I thought was very nice, but it didn't look like he was in any shape to bring back an invasion show. So I don't. You know, I, I really don't see that happening. I don't even know how popular the, the invasion really was to where it would be a viable thing. I mean, his, his I mean, they had a couple thousand people show up to that event. So, you know, maybe a one off show or a couple shows. But I, 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 I don't know if he's what he's going to do as far as recording or revamping a band. But I do think he's going to be at the next Kiss Expo, and I do think he is sincere in showing up to the Gene Simmons vault in Nashville. Yeah, I, I agree with you. My my prediction, and I could easily be proved proved wrong, is we probably won't hear any new music from Vinnie Vincent. Uh, we most likely might not even see him perform music live again. Uh, except for possibly some little strumming on the acoustic like he did at the Atlantic Kiss Expo. However, I've now come to believe that he's back and he will be a a fixture on, on these, these at these kiss conventions or, you know, rock sci-fi conventions, you know, where a lot of these guys like Ace go and, and even Eric Singer go and, and, make a bundle of money or, or, or Bruce Kulick, you know, I, I think, um, I think Vinny, Vinny most likely will start appearing. I think he, he 
was out of the public eye for numerous reasons. One may be, I mean, obviously the way he looked was 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 a topic, and and maybe that's one of the reasons he was out of the public eye. Maybe it was because of the personal problems he had in his his marriage and and the lawsuits and all these things combined. I think are enough to make somebody not want to be. Uh, a public figure and criticized and, and talked about online. But now I think he saw the love at the Atlanta kiss expo. He saw that he can make some money. Let's be honest. He saw that he can make some probably decent money appearing at these, these expos and conventions. And, and I've actually heard from an inside source. He's, he's very interested in, how um, how much money can be made at at the at the expos and conventions moving forward? So, yeah, I I think uh, I think we may we may start to see him more in the public eye. I am much more skeptical skeptical that we'll see new music from him or even live performances from him. That's just that's just my prediction, my guess. Um, you know that's that's where I think it'll go. And okay. hey, it's good to have him back. I, I like yeah. I love hearing his stories. Like you said, you know they're they're his versions of 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 events. You know we've we've read you know Paul and Gene's versions in 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 their books of of you know Vinny in and out of Kiss. Uh, you know so so it's nice to hear Vinny's side of it. And I I, I would love to hear, hear even more stories from him. Yeah, it, I I totally agree with you. One of the uh, I found more fascinating parts of the expo were just talking to the people that traveled there. And the, um, you know, like I talked to a couple of guys, people travel from Finland, Australia. I was talking to the guys from Finland quite a bit and they were really interesting. Uh, they, they're really involved in the music scene. Uh, the one guy writes for one of the heavy metal magazines. But he, one of the guys was under the theory that Vinny had to have been writing songs all this time, not having his name on there, but just like pumping out songs and selling it for cash to artists in the Nashville area. Because there's some somehow he was he had to be surviving on some type of income. And I wonder if he's going to take a role more in that, too, because of his uh, reputation as a songwriter. And he's right there in the hotbed of the music scene. If he can hook up with yeah. one of the major, you know, really major acts down there and write a couple songs, he I mean, can make it, nice I, I don't mean to disagree with you, but yeah. is he really that well known as this like brilliant songwriter? Sure, he wrote some great songs for Kiss and The Vengeance and Invasion, but it's not like he wrote a Shania Twain song or you know, yeah. Kelly Clarkson well, song, did he? I, I don't know. I, I don't no, I, so. I don't exactly. Or or has he? And he wrote, you know, he just signed off on it for cash. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, he, it, that's true. He's been gone for twenty years, and maybe that reputation, maybe you know, has faded away. But I don't I think he, he's in demand as a songwriter. That's I, right. and I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. I just honestly, I don't think that anymore. I think what he's in demand for are Kiss expos and Kiss conventions and Kiss cruises and anything that these hardcore fans are are willing to pay money for. I, I don't think he's in demand as a songwriter. I don't think he was writing songs on the Nashville circuit circuit under an assumed name. I mean, anything's possible. But let's right. face. 
face it. I mean, in the in the Q and A, he mentioned that his wife was. I believe he mentioned his wife was working, and he wasn't. He was just basically home dealing with the lawsuit, which we know he lost and probably wiped him out of any money he had. His house was foreclosed on. I True. believe we know that it, it's. Uh, this guy wasn't writing, you know, ghostwriting for Celine Dion, as far as I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned. Yeah. I, just, I don't think, uh, or 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 anybody for that, or you know, the top country artist, uh, you know, Toby Keith or anything. I don't think. I just don't think that that was happening. I, I suspect that things were fine. That financially, things were not great for Vinny these these past twenty to thirty years. Hence the box set and the money disappearing. You know. Um, Right. I I just I I don't think he's been working at all. I mean, I I wondered does the guy work a day job? You know, is does yeah. he go to an office every day and 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 you know do do something? Does is he working a, a day job? I mean, that was that was my. I, if he was, I don't know if he'd ever admit it. You know, right? But that was my. Uh, my question, you know, I was really wondering, what does this guy do? Is he does he go out and and like work and you know? I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. It is a mystery, but it was great seeing him. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, what do you got planned uh, coming up as far as shows and this year? Yeah. What forward to? Uh, as far as uh, concerts, I'll be attending. Yes, yes. got Ace Frehley this weekend. So, okay. looking forward to that. And just actually in in two days. I got uh, Saxon and Judas Priest and Black Star Riders. Yeah, I got to make that show. I, yeah, just yeah. bought just bought tickets today for Def Leppard and Journey. Uh, Where are they playing up by you? Because they're playing Wrigley Field in Chicago. They're wow, playing some that's large venues. Yeah, they're playing some pretty large venues. Where are they playing by you? They are playing. They're doing two nights, so okay. two arena nights. They're doing. As of now, just one night at Madison Square Garden in the That's heart true. of uh, yeah of New York yeah. City, which isn't as big as you know nowhere as big as Wrigley Field, but it's a big arena. Um, right, it's not a stadium like Wrigley Field. Uh, but then two nights later, they are playing literally like ten miles away from Madison Square Garden at another really big arena. So that's that's a lot of uh, called the Prudential Center in in Newark, which is where right. I'm going to see them, which is a, a quick cab ride from my house, Uber ride. So okay. um, that's where I'll I'll see them. And I did notice that there is that date in between, and I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll add a set if they're planning on adding a second night at. at Madison Square Garden, but right now it's just those two dates booked. But that's a lot for you know for any band to do in in a small area. Um, again, you know Newark, New Jersey, and, and New York City, very close, like a, literally ten miles away from one another. So if that yeah. even, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, probably about ten miles. Um, so I suspect they'll they'll probably fill both of those places. Um, but but we'll I, see. I've noticed that they're going to flip flop the headlining act. So, oh, are they? I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it goes. It, it's almost every other night, but it, they, they, it's also market centric. So when they play out in San Francisco, Journey obviously is going to headline. But the Chicago date, Def Leppard's the headliner. So I think that's pretty cool too. Hopefully, it doesn't fall, fall apart like it did with the Sam and Dave tour. But I, I think they're they're on the same page and they're professionals and they're going to work that out. But yeah, so depending on where you go, if you, you look on the website, um, you know, Def Leppard will be the headliner one night and Journey will probably be the headliner the next night. 
Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got Alice Cooper coming up, too, in March. I got uh, M3. I'm going to check that out. Um, I don't know if I'll go for both nights, but I'm definitely going to drive down to Maryland for the Saturday night, which is, again, Ace Frehley, Queensryche, Loudness, a lot of great bands on the bill that night, and Slaughter is playing. Um, Okay. I'm going to be up in heavy, heavy Montreal this summer. Uh, really? Min- yeah, Ministry and uh, Ministry is playing right near my house. I'm going to see that. I think that's April. Chicago, um, Chicago band. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's other shows too, which are, are so the, the Montreal. Who's going to be at the Montreal show? Montreal is one of my absolute favorite cities in the entire world. I haven't been up there in a while, but who, yeah, who's it's, there? It's, uh, they haven't announced anything okay. yet, so. Um, I'm told it'll be a good collection of modern metal bands mixed with some of our favorite classic hard rock and heavy metal bands from the 80s and 90s. So they usually pull in some big names. I mean, two, uh, three years ago, I think it was Metallica and Slayer headlining. You know, I saw Twisted Sister there, um, <clears throat> Faith No More, uh, ev- everything, all the way down, Lamb of God, uh, Fozzie. Um, Testament, Iggy Pop. I mean, it's a good collection of, you know, punk and metal bands always at Heavy Montreal. And it's a great festival. And and it's just got a much different vibe than anything in America. If you know Montreal, it is, it you know, unlike Toronto, it's a very different city than, say, Toronto. It's it's almost got a, a European vibe to it, you know. It's yes. a very, very, very cool place to, uh, to go to catch this uh, great, loud rock festival which happens just about every year they didn't have it no they didn't have it last year but they they have it most years and i'm told there'll be some great classic like 80s commercial hard rock bands on the bill this year so definitely uh looking forward to it excellent and what about slayer are you planning on seeing their final show yeah i got a lot of shows happening in june um but they they are coming i believe in june and i i I love anthrax i love i love uh lamb of god and you know i i it's weird back in the day i was never like a crazy slayer fan but through the years i i've really come to appreciate and, and love what they what they did and what they've they continue to do and Love the Gary Holtz in the band. What's that? Their live, their live show is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. And like yeah. when I saw them at Heavy Montreal, like probably three years ago, they were just insanely good. So uh, yeah, hope to get to that too. Great, cool. How about you? What shows are coming up? Well, I'm you know depending on my schedule, I definitely want to see Priest. Uh, I might even be seeing them out to you, so I'll let you know if I'm out in the area uh, because I do not believe I'll be able to catch the Chicago date. They're playing at the uh, casino in Hammond, Indiana. That's their Chicago date. Wow. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I'm hoping to see Slayer. Uh, trying to see if I can get to that Def Leppard show as well. So there's a few shows I want to see, but I do. You know, going back to the midnight, um, I'm trying to get them to play Chicago open air. So I've contacted them. I have not heard back, but they're also playing a couple other gigs. Their closest one is in Columbus, Ohio. And if I'm in that area, I'm definitely going to check them out as well. Uh, they, I, they're, they're a band they definitely want to see live. So that's, that's what I have in the plans. But uh, if there's any good good concerts, if whether I'm traveling or if I have some free time at home, you know I'll go and have a review up for the website. Perfect. And we will have some links up to where you guys can connect with, with Midnight online 
in the show notes uh, at talkingmetal.com or talkingrock.net. While you're there, please check out our other content and use our Amazon links, especially for our listeners in Canada, the United States, and the United Kingdom. Please use those Amazon links, and that'll do it for today. Joe, thank you for your interview and for your time on this episode. No, thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.